Welcome to your favorite YouTube channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. We're a daily YouTube channel. Got nearly 1,500 videos up there as we speak. Uh, new videos all the time. Chances are we might have talked about some of your faves. There is a magnifying glass on the front page of the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube channel. Give that a search for your favorite titles. See if we talked about some of your faves. If we did, check out those episodes. If not, make sure you put something in the comments letting us know which titles we need to push higher on our to-read pile. We have a Patreon uh, where you could support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Keep, the new, keep new videos coming to you all the time. The biggest supporters on the Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon get access to all the videos before anybody else. They also have access to a live stream recording session as we are making these videos, completely taking the kayfabe effect out of the equation. And we kind of have uh, exclusive episodes that we do in between videos as we record uh, that only the King Kayfabers get to enjoy. Today, we're going to be taking a look at Art Adams, Superman and Batman in Action Comics Annual Number 1, written by John Byrne. Shouts to the kayfaber who slid this to uh, to me in uh, in Baltimore. Said I want to I want to see that comic on the channel, and I'm going to sweeten the pot and get Art Adams to sign it for you. Happy to oblige. Yeah, this is uh, long overdue. I think we've looked at quite a bit of Art Adams uh, over the years. I think of him mostly as Marvel stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's kind of cool to see him doing the big guns here at DC in the form of Batman and Superman and Dick Giordano on inks which is interesting too I I usually prefer an artist to ink themselves but Dick Giordano has inked virtually everybody so it's kind of cool to see what he brings that level of experience to a guy like Art Adams I mean Giordano did a lot of inking over another Adams Neil Adams right so uh, you know a couple of very distinct stylists and uh, the inker that maybe the the, the the glue that binds these two Adams together in DC and with Batman so uh, I Starting right off on the cover, I feel like you get to see Giordano really flexing some muscles that I don't always think of when I think of his style. And uh, look at that color hold background. Yeah, man. <laughs> a lot of lines on there. It's pretty fascinating uh, to have this kind of tandem with, between Giordano and Adams because it's mostly pen inkers who, who work on Art Adams' work. That's what he prefers. In fact, he doesn't even do dip pens. He's a Micron guy. Mm -hmm. uh, Dick Giordano, heck of a brush slinger. Uh, he may be using some pen here, but I do think that he's also bringing brush marks because you never see lines this thick on almost any Art Adams works. And it's still, you know, it's 1987, it's still pretty early in Art Adams' career. I, and, and there is some very interesting kind of anatomy stuff. You know, the way these leg muscles are built and, and the kind of foreshortening on them. It's very pretty, stocky Batman oh, yeah. that he's drawing in this version. Yeah. And uh, it starts off... Like a Swamp Thing comic. Uh, it's, it's good, though, because uh, let's start off high energy. Why not, right? One of the things that Art Adams would bring to the table is like little pop culture references that you just would never see done elsewhere. Like little Mr. Uh, Mr. Peanut from the Planters joints. Uh, you have a, t a t town's mob chasing after a very bountiful and beautiful young lass through the uh the bayous of this nondescript town her name's skeeter and we get to see a lot of art atoms on display here in terms of texture with foliage moss boggy marsh kind of texture and water and you see where it holds up and you see where it kind of goes away we, we, we talk a lot about you know the great water textures uh in comics 
Art Atoms at this stage ain't one of them. You got levels of depth here and per perhaps even the Mignola influence because we know that Mignola, Adams, and Steve Purcell kind of like lived in the same kind of apartment complex or something. Some of those lines, it's less uh, Michael Golden and more uh, Mike Mignola. I'd be very curious to see this piece in black and white. Yeah. Because there's kind of like hatching on hatching to do background and maybe mid-ground. Right. I'd be curious what that looks like if you remove the color. Right. Yeah. Some some pretty uh, eye-opening things when we took a look at that uh, Michael Golden artist edition. We have a video of that. Uh, and it, 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 gets, it gets pretty lost. But Giordano is a storyteller. So I, I, I don't doubt that, he, that he's paring uh, Art Adams down a little bit in service of the story, which is not something that, that Adams would do himself. You know, he, he draws the hell out of every panel. So I enjoyed reading this comic this week. Yeah. However, at this point in the reading, I'm like, come on, man. I'm here for Batman and, and Superman, and we're getting this Swamp Thing-like lead-in. Right, yes. A lot of build-up. This issue in particular, certainly with this girl, I see a lot of young Rob Liefeld-isms. Like, like Rob is pulling from this era of Art Adams in a big, giant way. But you're right. In terms of a Batman-Superman story, it is, uh, it's a slow burn. No pun intended. This is a nice bit of storytelling. We see our, our Skeeters moving from left to right, the way we read typical motion in a comic book page, uh, a Western comic book page. But she needs to misdirect that mob that's following her. So when she decides she needs to take them in a goose chase the other direction, now we see her moving from right to left, switching direction literally on the page as she's trying to misdirect her followers. I isn't, like that. Isn't that a gorgeous design of uh, that little hut? Yeah, it looks good. But then uh, look at the... To this day, like, Art Adams will do commissions and things, and then he'll, he'll do, like, you know, jungle texture it, with a wolverine on top of Wendigo or something. And he gloriously kayfabes the foliage and stuff. He, and he's not there yet. Like, it's just these kind of, like, lines that guys like Liefeld and McCormick will say, just totally to pervert. We call it the screen door there. You know what's neat here, though, is big, thick black borders around these bottom panels that fade into the foliage at the top of the, uh, of yeah. the panel border, bleed, like, bleed out. And uh, haven't seen that. Don't remember seeing that before. It's kind of a neat trick. Right. So she jumps into the bog... And they imagine that she just kind of like swam away to another part of the town or, or, you know, the other side of the river. But it's enough to like stop these townspeople in their tracks. A uh, little story fault there, I would say, because if she's if it's so important to chase her with pitchforks and uh, torches, maybe get a little wet. That or maybe have an alligator swim by in front of them, and they decide they're not gonna they're not gonna follow her into there. There you go. That's a that's a good that's a good note. You know, create a reason why these guys. You know, it's not hot lava. Right. <laughs> so look at this this bottom tier of the girl's emoting face. Tell me you don't see New Mutants era Rob Liefeld and and that stuff. Yeah. Sure. Even the storytelling of it, because there's no storytelling value really. It's literally talking heads and just different views of, you know, pan in. Uh, and it's really one of those storytelling mechanisms that's created because there's nothing more to tell on this page and we need a page turn reveal. Little sloppy. Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by the books that we make. 
Jimmy has forthcoming Street Angel Princess of Poverty. It's a good companion piece to go along with Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive. He's been self-publishing lately. True Crime Funny is 1986 zine, BW zine. If you didn't get these at Comic-Cons, he's going to put them uh, live on his website in uh, late October. And the long out-of-print Hulk Grand Design. Scoop up those cop comics. I have the Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus coming to you. 10th anniversary. Make sure you scoop it up. Best book I ever made. The current focus has been Red Room. There are two trade paperbacks of Red Room that are out there. Trigger Warnings and the Anti-Social Network. Just wrapped up the four issues of the final season, Crypto Killers, with the third issue containing a backup feature of my forthcoming daily comic strip. And X-Men Grand Design Trilogy coming out in November, collecting long out of print uh, X-Men Grand Design books that I put together. Before you is a healthy bibliography of a bunch of stuff that we have out on the stands today. Now that we're done paying the bills, back to the video. But we got her page turn reveal, and her parents are some mummified corpses. The, yeah, the, they're not giving away a lot either. I had not read on the front Cry Vampire. Yeah. And so, like, I'm I'm this far in and still not sure what this story is. Sure. Yeah, but you, at this point, you certainly get the sense that uh, this girl ain't all right. No, for sure. She's got some baggage, we'll say. It's funny, too, to go from, like, this kind of a panel that's, I'll call it a little bit loose... To like suddenly the referenced Matchbox Corvette pulling in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not bad. And Art Adams will do that three-point perspective. Uh, it's real fun seeing his originals, the way that he plots out his his perspective grids. When there's any bit of perspective, you know, he grids out the whole panel, uh, you know, in blue pencil, and then draws what he needs in there. Also, he's such a rigorous drawer, such a kind of accurate drawer in a lot of ways, that when he's drawing guns you'll see just like perspective blocks like on over top of his figures to make sure those guns are in perfect uh, proper perspective. I feel like that's a swipe that Liefeld didn't include. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot, <laughs> a lot of curvy guns. A lot of curvy guns. Uh, this is one of those fun pieces of the comic because when this guy shows up, you think it's Superman, really. You know, Superman in disguise. Yeah, totally. Has the little curl in the head and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that was my first thought. Showing up to this town, pretty nondescript. I thought that this panel with the three-point perspective uh, cafe was uh, real, really, really sharp. Those uh, those stools look real uncomfortable. Maybe yeah, they do. maybe a little wider uh, chair would would do the trick. But this is classic, you know, non-fucking photo traced comic book perspective that is really kind of missing in comics now because people will go to like a Google SketchUp, uh, you know, diner sequence and just kind of trace it off and get everything all accurate. And I don't, I don't think anything here is really inaccurate except, you know, those, those, uh, stool seats are a little bit. Yeah. This is an amazing panel and something we've seen in other art Adams often it'll be maybe an apartment or something, but yeah. he, he will do this kind of great perspective on a room yes. or on an establishing shot interior. What, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, they're impressive. Which is once again, one of the pieces that the, uh, the image guys did not take from, from, <laughs> from art Adams. For uh, sure. But there's something going down in this town. He knows his sleepy little village and, uh, even in the diner, you know, he's looking for a hotel and, and the lady's like ready to kind of spill the beans on a good place to stay. But then you have the, the, uh, the cook 
who looks straight out of Nam. It's like that one dude from the Nam got a job in town. You know, he's he's a Rambo. I was in charge of million dollar equipment. And now I'm making scrambled eggs for people in this bullshit town. Yeah, this guy, this is that classic trope, too, of uh, something doesn't smell right in this town. Right. Don't tell the outsiders. Yeah. <laughs> so we're building it up, man. How beautiful is this sky? Yeah, great color on that. Yeah, man. props to the colorist. Skip shouts to that colorist. It wasn't a name I recognized, but I uh, really love it whenever you see a nice-looking sky like that. Yeah, Petra Scotis. Yeah, not a name I recognize, but here's another one of those three-point perspective room shots. And it has everything you need in there in, you know, a kind of shitty little motel room setting and at the end it's revealed that it is uh it's batman right who is the fella there and the perspective on these buildings man you take the color away that's some uh, sixth grade uh art class perspective uh buildings right there by the way another great piece of sky changing because if you look at sunsets this is what happens you go from that great color to now we're into the purples and the, and the sun's gone down yeah man which sun's is, gone down batman's out which is when batman comes out that's goddamn right so i turn the page here ed and i go "Ooh, that looks like a dark night moment <laughs> yeah that, that big splash page and we often you know we're talking about color right now and this is just all these purples and grays and blues, you know, Batman not popping, but it's nighttime. Yeah. I know that he's supposed to pop there. And he's a stealthy figure. Uh, you know, you got the yellows of his gimmicks and you got his Caucasian flesh face. So you see him. He's not really lost, but he is a stealthy character. I still chalk this up as storytelling, you know, and uh, notice also that it is dark out. And he's... Art Adams is leaving that sky open for the colorist to inject those those uh, cool colors. And we see the woman that our in disguise Bruce Wayne gave a lift to in the town. She's dead now in this alley. Yeah. Just like Gotham. <laughs> She's a fashion criminal, too, with her outfit. <laughs> you know, who is she? Be she was there for Beethoven? a library convention. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> The faces of the townspeople, you notice that the cook, who was from uh, Michael Golden's Nom comics early on, but this face, it's so cool because you could see Dick Giordano in that face and Art Adams. Both guys are, are in that jib. Yeah, you definitely see bits of, of uh, not Art Adams in some of the face inking. Yeah. And, and got to give that to Giordano, of course, but it, it is kind of funny to see that. So the mob is coming for from both sides. Yeah, from for Batman. Yeah, it's like 300, right? You got that like a little co close quarters, but it ain't 300. It's one versus 300, and he gets out of the 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 mix with his little bat bat smoke smoke pills or whatever. Not the last uh, dead guy he's gonna hap happen upon. Oh no, this is like a flashback sequence. Yeah, he's been tracking this vampire stuff from Gotham to this sleepy little town. And now we're uh, we're in Metropolis because uh, Batman's going to need a little help. This Daily Planet, Art Adams lettered that right there. Yeah. That, that looks like his lettering in those uh, Godzilla comics that he did with uh, Alan Moore. It's so weird seeing like these kinds of panels. You know, I think of like a Mazza Kelly or something doing those kind of silhouettes. And it's really just Art Adams doing Batman. You know, like you get all those different Batman shots, silhouette, skyline kind of stuff pretty cool crouched on top of things you know right. whether it's a building or a telephone pole here you yeah. know it's almost i wonder if burn sees art adams is drawing this and it's like you got to just put all the iconic batman 
you know, set him up, set him up for the, for success in this. Totally. This is one of my favorite panels of the comic. Just that crouch. The composition is great. That crouching Batman on top of the telephone pole, jacking into yes. uh, the telephone pole to, to like make his uh his his calls. But then you see these marks down here that are. It looks like Mario Hernandez marks the way the way he inks his hatching and stuff like. Uh, yeah, definitely not an Art Adams uh, mark that you'll see in, when he inks himself. And then the Superman is dope as hell. This is the other part where I go, oh yeah, this is totally some reference to Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, like like when Miller established that. It's a great. It's very sharp. Yeah. And, and it really speaks to the icon that is Superman, because like, you think DC gives a shit about selling Superman comics or selling merch with that amazing logo yeah rings and chassis dudes with rings with that yeah whenever i was probably in high school i remember fossil did a did a watch maybe like a death of superman watch but it was like pewter colored with that superman insignia in the face and i always thought it looked really cool yeah so now we're merging our story elements we established that girl early on now she's uh she's found her hero and uh storytelling wise like we know that something is up with her because of the, that parental part so I feel like there was a way that you could orient this story where you could get more drama out of this moment where she is being chased down. You don't kind of know how fucking weird she is. And then Batman's there to save the day. Yeah, you're right. That would have been dramatic. Instead of Batman getting away from that crowd by himself, if he had a, uh, a presumably innocent person that the crowd was pursuing that he has to rescue out of there would have been a little bit more dramatic yeah almost literally the following page could be that one where, where we have her going back home and talking to her parents and then that would show us that like batman is uh he's in over his head interesting to see the batman with no shadows version yeah i feel like that's almost like a barry windsor smith batman black and white or something right it, it, it's funny to see batman without any blacks on 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 him true now Superman shows up to the schmas and he's a voyeur, man. He's looking in people's bedrooms and stuff. And I don't know how much we've seen of this version of Super Superman doing this stunt, but I feel like that opens up some possibilities. It was inspiring, yeah, to me, man. I was like, man, I could come up with a million things because, it, like, it would be, it would be people, it would be an extension of that Miracle Man, uh, the you know, after issue fifteen, when it's like pure fascism and everybody, because like. You know, this is almost Catholicism, where, like, not only can, uh, can that guy up there, like, see everything you do, but he can, like, read your thoughts and shit. Like, like this dude is, uh, he's God. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something I think you could have done some more interesting stuff, like, keep going down this road. Totally. I saw Body Double. This right. would be great. <laughs> um, you know, going back to that Art Adams faces, too, I feel like you see some Giordano on the Superman faces, too. Like, they're, I think, trying to keep that in somewhat model. But there is caricature to it a lot. You know, that's a big, stern jaw. That's a big jaw. Shades of the mullet uh, on some of that hair. Of it. <laughs> you know, a little, little budding mullet. Looks like, uh, you know, the turtle tail mullet that Theo Huxtable was run, running around with in the Cosby show when we were kids. <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> Uh, so now we have our Okie Finoki, uh, you know, Mayberry-like cops. There's so much with this story that, you know, like it's, I hate to sit backseat drive or whatever, you know, in, in hindsight you have all these ideas, but it's kind of a great concept, the idea of this little town that suddenly Batman and Superman show up. 
that seems like such a great potential for a fun story. And in a lot of ways, it's downplay. We don't really get that much from that angle. But man, it's amazing to think of like, here we go. World's finest showing up in the middle of some quiet little town in, at night. This is a cool little piece, man, where Superman is looking through the desk yeah. and sees like wooden stakes and shit. It's a great effect. It's a really good visual. You know, it doesn't interrupt the storytelling at all, but it's one more piece that you get information-wise out of that panel. Got our black border to show off our Dark Knight. And uh, Batman is going home with his pretty, pretty blonde girl to the bayou. Also, she's very much like Daisy May, uh, Lil Abner kind of uh, character. The super beautiful blonde who's corn-fed. Yeah, and Byrne is, is laying on, I don't know if uh, dialect or accent, yeah. what exactly this is, but here they is. Yeah, yeah, super uneducated. Almost a Jaime Hernandez face right there. Really gorgeous. And then uh, this is this is something that I attribute to uh, Art Adams quite quite often on his comics. Heck of a drawer, but when it comes to storytelling, uh, you know that's that takes a sideline a lot. And this is like a big moment, and it's so squeezed in to to the to the narrative. I also wonder if that should have been flipped. As yeah. if those old people are looking at, as Batman comes in, like they're sort of looking face to face. That's true. Breaks that up 180 rule. For sure. Some more Art Adams lettering with the uh, hospital stuff right there. How weird is it if you're the sheriff, sheriff or deputy and you're walking Superman around town? Yeah, man. <laughs> Like, that's the stuff that I would have so much more fun. Yeah. Dude, give me the slice of life version of like uh, when Barney Fife is, is walking Superman <laughs> around town. Yeah, totally. So, and this is Walking Dead hospital treatment here. You know, we've got this ward boarded up and padlocked. Right. Whenever Batman uh, escapes from the girl, breaks through this stuff, this is a great page. He goes into the, the quicksand sinks and the way the compositions here are just fantastic uh art adam's really thinking out like those boards that batman kind of pushed through and that worm's eye composition with her standing there and then we see over her shoulder and just bubbles it's almost like thematic rhythm of what she did earlier yeah it's a good page very easy to follow and all looks good yeah I, I like this page too. I thought having that like giant face and then like silhouettes of the building and stuff like it's just very attractive comics. You know, you're not repeating s images or, or kind of compositions, but easy to follow. Yeah. And uh, you see the, when you see these big faces, it's more of those young Liefeld marks. Yeah, definitely. You know, this shit too, man. Hmm. So the guys in the ward broke out, and we know that uh, you know when a vampire does their thing, they kind of possess the townspeople until they turn. Yeah, it feels a lot like a zombie story, the way these vampires are treated. Yeah, and they're wilding out, flipping cars over, burning stuff down. So now you get your fun Superman stuff, building a wall around these people. Kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Builds a pretty good structure seeing all that black on that superman's 
bodies it really works yeah but you know you could have filled it all in and just had black and i think it'd still read like mm -hmm. that's that classic character design where the shape the silhouette would have read especially yeah. with the red boot is where i think this could have got lost if it were all black but because of the red boot you could have just had black for his cost for the blue parts of his costume and it'd be about the same as what you get there it's true the elements like this man like really make me think of mignola yeah there's some in there Definitely. So certainly not showing the feet <laughs> and having the smoke hatch that exact way. This vampire's ability to uh, affect both Superman and Batman really makes her a great villain. Yeah. A powerful villain, I should say. There's a character in Excalibur called Megan, and this, this, character, this is almost Megan because she, she's like a beautiful blonde chick that turns into, you know, pretty crazy hairy looking thing. It has like a hair lip. You notice those like lines going up through the nostrils that's strange yeah at first I thought it was uh it was Batman rocking the house and it was blood but it but it's just not Superman has something like that coming out too I wonder if that's just the, those two exerting uh, battles of the will on each other that you know, thing should be dripping though you know what it is blood they're just downplaying it in the color you know what that's probably yeah that's probably right yeah they're just downplaying it in the color wussy dc yeah you wonder if the colorist turned that in red and they were like got to turn it down right because it's almost flesh tone it, it's literally you know the stages it's it's 50 percent cyan instead of 25. but maybe you have to save up all that blood for this man because that's pretty hardcore yeah, Batman not messing around. Once he decides that's a vampire, no qualms about killing it. Yeah, man. I kind of love the sinking. Damn near Charles Paris. Just nothing, nothing there, you know, just a, just a very abstract mark that we read as cape. And every time you see the vampire girl, she's getting more and more emaciated and just like uh, withering away. Batman very matter of fact about the whole scenario. And, and, you know, he's prepared. He was like, I, you know, I, I don't like the idea of a super, of a, of a Superman vampire, which by the way, like do that comic, uh, running around. Yeah. And bring Kelly Jones in for it. Yeah. And then the final page, see, this is more a Batman comic than it is a Superman tale. Yeah, really. you're right about that. I never even thought of that reading this, but a hundred percent it's, 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 we get much more Batman. I bet page count wise too. Yeah. Yeah, Superman is really, you know, he's there for the fight, but that's it. And, and ba Batman, Batman really saves, saves the day, yeah. Yeah, it's a Batman comic. Uh, and maybe that's a thing where, like, Art Adams, because, like, Art Adams calls his shots in a lot of ways. And he might have been calling his shots even at this level. And, uh, you know, Batman probably speaks to him more because Batman speaks to everybody more. Like, I don't know who, who's who's itching to do a uh, do Superman story. think it's possible this was written as, like, a Batman story? And then at some point they flipped it to be, like, put it in action annual. Right. Yeah, possibly. Because it does feel like this is a Batman comic. Yeah, it with, has with a little Superman guest star, maybe a world's finest or something. But totally, like you, you even have his supporting cast with Commissioner Gordon right here. There's no Lois Lane. Yeah, there's not one other supporting. Uh, and it and it's bookended with with a uh, Batman. But the way this ends, yeah, we're gonna like lay these people out, but we need to uh, we need to be sure. And that last panel communicates everything. Yeah, and they're back in Gotham City, so do you then load up your vampires and dead bodies and be like, I'll take these, uh, you know, <laughs> let me take these back to Gotham. <laughs> That's kind of an odd detail. You and your men are free to leave. 
if you don't feel like watching. So he knows that they're kinky. He knows that some of them might want to see some gore. Yeah, I want one more panel where one of them's like, no, I'm into this. Yeah. I'm here for this Batman. Yeah, he ain't going nowhere. <laughs> uh, don't Hey, don't pass my, my favorite, one of my pa- favorite Paul Galassi comics slash Maraud with their ad there. Uh, fun comic one of those few whenever i started binding books i bound that because i don't think there's ever been a collection of it right but very far out if you guys are galacy fans at home this is one to go into the back issue bins to find super cool so shouts to the kayfaber who slid uh, this copy of action annual number one uh it was a heck of a comic to go through very surprising that we uh haven't haven't done this uh earlier and i think i think what happened was you 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 had options one week it must have been. And I think what the option that we went with was the Playboy Penthouse Hustler option, which is our most popular video. So we chose the right video that week, but we could have done this the next week, you know? Yeah, if you guys at home haven't watched the Playboy Hustler Penthouse uh, comic video, check that out because I want to see that video hit a million. It's close. <laughs> it is. It's close. <laughs> that, that would be a good five five year anniversary yes, uh, pre- pre- present for the channel. That'd be have, awesome. Have a million video. <laughs> Could it go? Yep. Okay, favors like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell so that we can notify you when new videos are available. We're a daily YouTube channel with nearly 1,500 videos live as we speak, and we might have talked about some of your favorites. If we did not, make sure you put something in the comments. Uh, there's a magnifying glass on the front page of the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel, and you can search for your faves. Uh, we have a Patreon where you can directly support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel, and there are three different levels of support there if you become a king kayfaber you get all the videos before anybody else and you have access to a live stream recording session so when we talk about a comic like this action comics one and uh we present a new art adams comic to people that might not have remembered or knew that this one existed the king kayfabers are buying the cheapest copies off of uh off of uh, online markets ebay amazon places like that you're gonna have to pay the more expensive versions so the subscription pays for itself. Ultimately, the videos are brought to you by the books that we make. Before You is a pretty healthy bibliography of what we've produced over the years, but we're always keeping busy. So Jimmy, let the people know what you got. Street Angel Princess of Poverty is coming to your comic book store in November. You can pre-order that one now. Let your comic shop owner know that you want a copy and it pairs perfectly with Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive. Also from Image, these books will be similar size. They make up a set. There's no overlap, but together these two volumes collect all of the Street Angel comics that I have made so far. So get those pre-orders in so we know how many to print. I've also been self-publishing lately. You see the BW zine on the left celebrating the black and white explosion of the 80s and 90s. True Crime Funnies, a collection of non-fiction stories. And 1986, celebrating the greatest year in comics history, in my opinion. These will all be available on jimrug.com October 26th as like a fall holiday sale. So mark your calendars now. And uh, once they're all stocked up and ready to go, they'll be available for you. And Hulk Grand Design, my contribution to the Grand Design saga covering the Hulk's uh, 60 year history in one handsome oversized volume sold out at the distribution level, which means pick it up if you haven't already, because once these copies are gone, no guarantees when it'll be back in print, if it'll be back in print. So if your comic shop has one of these and you don't, pick that up now. And join me on patreon.com slash jimrug where you can download a lot of my print, a lot of my zines and mini comics. The Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is coming. Uh, It's just four weeks away as of this recording session. And you got to account for your copy right now because there's a finite amount of these that we printed up. 50th anniversary of hip hop culture. 
it is the 10th anniversary of the Hip Hop Family Tree series, and this is the ultimate statement. It's the best book I've ever made, and I hope you guys add that to your to your uh, library. Not the only holiday release coming to you this year. X-Men Grand Design Trilogy Trade Paperback is forthcoming, and it will be available in November, collecting all of my X-Men Grand Design works. Some of those volumes are out of print as we speak. Red Room is the stuff that I've been working on lately. Two trade paperbacks of Red Room are out there, the Antisocial Network and Trigger Warnings. And we just recently completed the third season of Red Room Comics. It's called Crypto Killers. And uh, four issues of that are out there. Every issue of Red Room that you find is completely self-contained. So just scoop any old issue up if you see it, give it a read. If you dig it, grab another. Latchkey Kids is a backup feature in issue three. I've changed the title to uh, Switchblade Shorties, and these are the characters that are going to show up in my daily comic strip that I'm serializing exclusively on my Patreon right now to uh, early adopters, patreon.com slash edpiscor. But I'm going to be uh, putting this comic out to the wider public come uh, January 1st, 2024. So there you have it. There's a good, good chunk of our bibliography, and you could scoop that stuff up to uh, support the channel, but there are some other ways where you can support Cartoonist Kayfabe and keep these videos coming to you on a regular basis. Jimmy, let the people know. You can subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also pick up Cartoonist Kayfabe merchandise like t-shirts, hats, mugs, stickers, and more at our spread shop. That link is also under this video in the show notes. All good ways to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Give them those marching orders, Jimmy, and we'll be on our way. Read more comics.